The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hi and welcome power. to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, a weekly show dedicated to all things Port Adelaide Footy Club. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining me as co-host, as always, is Fishing Rico 4. How are you, mate? Oh, very good, buddy. Just feeling like I'm going through deja vu, but uh, <laughs> fan-bloody-tastic. I'm, I'm excited about the 2004 um, match this weekend. It should be great. Absolutely. should be fantastic and a very apt uh, username you've got there as well. <sighs> got to reminisce. Got to reminisce, mate. That's it. And for his first return to the podcast for 2014, we're speaking with Janus. Hey, hey, how's it going? Good, good. Great to have you on. It's great to be back. Now, let's get straight into it and talk about the, the major news for this week, which was hitting the 50,000 member mark, which we did earlier in the week. Um, such a massive, massive effort. Um, a big thank you has to go to the 25,000 Crows fans that did buy memberships to get into the showdown. Um, I did think at the family day, uh, it was a little bit fanciful of Kosh to predict uh, 50,000 members, but what do you know? Here we are. It's a great achievement. You're right. Who would have thought after 2011 and 12 um, where we were and where we've come? It's a, it's a great achievement. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's all to do with the resonation that um, comes from the things that the club is starting to get back to in terms of not giving up, not giving in, you know, turning up, all that stuff that's all quintessentially Port Adelaide. And I think that just sits well with our supporter base. They don't, they like people who don't uh, have that BS, you know what I mean? So um, because we're getting back to that and also it does help that we're starting to look like we're actually going to push for a premiership, so I'm sure there's lots of bandwagon supporters getting on board, but the more the merrier, I say. Absolutely. And... Yep. Uh, so the psychology of people is actually quite interesting when you look at sport and, you know, we went through the gloom times and, you know, no one wants to have a bar of you. And then uh, we make a couple of key decisions and Janus, you said it earlier uh, beforehand with KT and, and Koshi and, and just, you know, and getting some early smart moves off the ground and, and what that does uh, to the psychology of the supporters and, and changes everything. And, and now, you know, we've got massive amount of sponsors wanting to join up, people wanting to join up. Making the right decisions makes a massive difference. Absolutely. But as I was right. going to say earlier, the big challenge for us, though, so to keep this positivity going, is we've got over 50,000 members and we need as many people to turn up to games, in my opinion, because it's not going to do our brand any good having 50,000 members and only 20,000 people coming to games. Very true. Everyone get out there. Absolutely. And there's no reason that's not to. Oh, definitely. Well, that's right. I mean, I know that uh, the guy that I went to the showdown with, who I bought his membership for, I thought he wouldn't be able to go to this game, but it turns out that he can. So I'll be doing my bit to uh, make sure that that attendance is up. So <laughs> my memberships are full up. Beautiful. <laughs> so you're, ho you're hoping you bought him the membership that 
he'll buy it in his own right next year and want to keep going? Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. Like, he's... Yeah. Uh, he um, is an apprentice right now, so he, can't, he definitely can't afford Black Diamond membership, which is what I've got, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. but, apparent, but hopefully, yes. It's one of those things that uh, you hope that people keep up with it, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they'll just say, nah, can't be bothered doing that. Like, I've done that with other sporting clubs, and people will just <laughs> let it go. So <laughs> you can only do what you can do. That's it. <laughs> Now, let's go straight on to the preview. We're talking about, uh, we're playing Brisbane this Saturday afternoon at Adelaide Oval. Uh, win-loss record is 12-14 and, of course, two fantastic draws uh, earlier in our history. Um, in recent history, we've only won twice of the last seven games since 2008. And the last time we played was a very close match uh, late in 2013 with Port winning 9 goals 17 to 9 goals 8 at Amy Stadium. Now let's have a, a quick chat about the uh, the teams. There's quite a quite a few changes uh, to both sides, uh, quite a few shocks as well. Um, obviously Gus and Chad come out with injuries, but uh, Johnny Butcher omitted. Shocking. Very much a not surprise. not surprising. I oh, it wasn't. I was say, it's not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did find it a bit of a surprise, only because I thought they'd stick with him a little bit longer. What's the oh, weather going to be on Saturday? It's going to be pretty wet, I think. Could that be something to do with it, perhaps? Could be, yep. I reckon it's definitely something to do with it. Yeah. In addition to, I mean, yeah. um, his performance wasn't that great on Saturday either, though. No, it wasn't. That, no, he did struggle. That dropped chest mark and that throw through the middle of the ground, that was yeah. like, yeah, nah, <laughs> nah. <laughs> anyway. Well, the, I didn't mind the throw. The throw wasn't that bad. He was definitely under a lot of pressure and... You know, with the umpires, it's 50-50 if they get called or not. But, um, and look, I don't know, we, we seem to expect perfection these days. But, uh, you know, everyone still makes mistakes. Even the great Chad did it the week before. And, you know, we had an argument over um, on the board about Pittard dropping that sitter, but everyone forgot about Chad doing it. So it depends on the on the uh, the credits that a player's got, whether um, those mistakes get forgiven easily or not. I think it comes down to, it's not so much whether they make a mistake or not, it's what they do to respond to it afterwards. And mm. after that, I just, yeah, he just faded out of the game. Like, he started off really well with that clunked, uh, that long clunked mark, I think. And I thought, oh, yeah, he's going he's gonna to do something today. But then it just, it just started falling and spiraling out of control until you could barely side him in the last quarter. Yeah. You know, when we needed someone to stand up, he, was, he wasn't there. So, and I don't know whether he was... Uh, pushing as hard as what the coaches would have liked. But I agree with Maka to a certain extent in terms of I would have played him anyway because playing against... I mean, Eddie had... It wasn't a side for... Or it wasn't a game for key forwards anyway. If you look at how the rest of them performed, like Westhoff and the Schultz and also North's key forwards last week. But... So... I would give him another chance just to see what he could do against a side like Brisbane, who is light on in terms of defence, and we could really push that advantage. But at the same time, I can understand why the coaches said, 
nah, we'll go with something else, a different um, look for the sit game. It will be very interesting to see what sort of forward line we do have. I guess the the interesting part for me is that uh, obviously Gus and Chad are out with injury, but we've decided to drop a third forward as well, um, which is the, the confusing part for me. I thought we would have kept Butcher in there just as another uh, possible strong goal-scoring co- uh, goal option. Um, but look, we've got Aaron Young coming back in. He's definitely deserved a shot. Um, young Sammy Gray, he's in for his first game. Good on you, Sammy. Um, and the other big surprise is probably Cam O'Shea coming back after some pretty indifferent sort of trial and uh, early season form in the SANFL. Yeah, that was surprising. It seems to be a bit of a controversial one, doesn't it? Because a lot of people have been critical of his uh, SANFL performances and I heard a whisper that he could have been carrying an injury which could have had something to do with it. And I don't know what the injury could be, but... Everyone was saying that he was lacking a bit of penetration in his kicks. I don't know if it's like a quad or something like that, but you know, if he's been under an injury cloud, it's a bit of an interesting one. But at the same time, I, I'd be reluctant to rush um, Andrew Moore back, uh, especially seeing it was a shoulder injury. You'd probably want to see him stand up in an SA and field game before you'd rush him back. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. Maybe the maybe Cam might be the sub and just uh, run it out for us in the in the last quarter. Yeah, my theory is that I think we're going to be playing Brody further up the field and O'Shea's going to take Brody's spot, um, which is actually O'Shea's old spot from last year, basically. Um, that's what I can see happening with uh, with Gus and Chad out, who are pretty hard runners. Uh, we might need Brody's uh, run and carry further up the field a bit more. By extension mm-hmm. of that, would you also maybe uh, allude that Brad Ebert might play more of a half-forward role, which I think we did with him a bit last year as well. I mean, Monfries is going to be a massive loss for us. Oh, it is. Including, yeah, huge. Inclu- I mean, Wingard's a quality player as well, but you know, Monfries had a, a very, very strong s- start to the season for us and uh, high work ethic and, you know, and he was great for us up forward last year as well. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we, uh, we cope up forward without him in the side. Yeah. I guess the good part uh, for us is that um, Brisbane have lost three pretty good players of their own in terms of uh, Daniel Merritt, Josh Green and Daniel Rich, who are all uh, pretty good players. Um, so that's probably a good thing for Port. They've brought in uh, Jackson Payne uh, for his first game for, for Brisbane after coming from Collingwood. Ryan Harwood, Tom Cutler, Rowan Buick's back in the side as well. So they've made a lot of changes. Yeah, which is always never a good sign for a footy team, is it? No. You know, it's, and, um, I mean, Daniel Merritt, needs to take a look at himself as a footballer, I guess, because he's really let the Brisbane Lions and uh, Justin Lepage down with uh, with his actions um, last week, and he's probably lucky to get away with only uh, two games. Yeah. What can we expect from Brisbane this weekend? I can't say I've been too impressed with what they've done so far this year. Seems to me like they're just trying to adapt to a different game plan. You know, I mean, I don't know what uh, Lepage is doing up there, but there's different ways you can go about when you come into a new side, whether he's trying to uh, stamp his authority and say, okay, we'll, take, we'll throw out what Voss has done and go something completely different. But yeah, I can't see what they're actually trying to achieve at the moment up there. So it remains to be seen what's going to happen this game. It does look like they are in that sort of transitional period. They are seemingly struggling to get the ball. That seems to be their main problem. Um, if, if you look at their stats uh, differential, uh, they're minus 37 disposals from their opponents 
they're minus 17 contested possessions, minus 25 uncontested possessions, um, and they're minus 9.7 inside 50. So they are really struggling to get the ball and also get it forward, which is where Port could have a, a big advantage this uh, this week. So I'm just looking at the uh, the stats here. You go through it, and it's like ranked 16th in kicks per game, 17th in handballs per game, 17th in disposals per game, and you go down the list, and it's just like, yeah, they're pretty bad at the moment. I'm not saying that their talent is bad, but at the moment, at this point in time, it's just, uh, yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah. So it's good that we're actually getting in at this, at this juncture because perhaps when they get it all together, things will start to improve down the latter part of the year, but right now... I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, you've got to expect a bit of a transition period with Brisbane considering they did lose so much talent at the end of the at the end of uh, 2013. It is going to take time for them to gel together. Well, they got smashed last week, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, and and smashed at the clearances, smashed at the stoppages, smashed it inside 50s and hammered in contested possession. So, I mean, that's a mantra of uh, what Ken Hinckley's been wanting to push with our side. Um wasn't with great effect last week, but on a whole, uh, that's what we our KPIs are. Uh, so I would imagine if we're if we're legitimate, um, that's what we should be looking for in relation to the game this week. I mean, but I just looking at their side, and it's no disrespect to their side, but you know, you look at the names on on paper, and you know, there's really not that much there. Jonathan Brown seems to be struggling up forward. You know, probably Sam Mays. You know, he's their only real key form forward there. He's been a great player for them. And, um, you know what, you got Rockcliffe and uh, Redden as the two prime midfielders. And after that, it's just a list of, uh, you know, average performing names. And I think they're going to really struggle on the on the weekend with what they've dished up so far in the year. Yeah. I mean, you take a look at it. I mean, the start of the season for them... Against Hawthorne, okay, you can dismiss that as an outlier because it's Hawthorne Premiership side, and they played Geelong, and they lost to them, but they seem to be competitive. But that game against Gold Coast, where they were just smashed, you know, by a side that should be, and they should be competitive with those, like with the Gold Coast, you know, at least that's where you can. If there's one thing you can't, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't teach endeavour or the will to win. You know, that's just something that's got to be inherent in the side regardless. So um, if you can't do that and can't, like, smash in. So the only thing I'm worried about slightly is the fact that maybe they were, like, setting themselves up or for this game in terms of thinking, oh, well, we can't win this one, so we'll put our cue in the rack and prepare for the next week. Jeez, you you know, hope not. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, because I just remember that uh, if you went through the preseason predictions that a lot of Brisbane fans were talking about, they were looking at this game as being one of the ones they could actually win. You know, and so and they were thinking, oh yeah, we can match it with them. And maybe that came comes down to the fact that we had all those great games with them um, through 2001 to 2004. You know, and then they think that we should be pretty much in the same sort of areas of development. But honestly, if we play our best game, then I can't say anything less than 
uh, a pretty comfortable win. Well, look, let's uh, let's call it as it is. I mean, that Brisbane side is very, very undermanned. It's very, very light on experience. If we lose to that team, we're in a world of hurt. Simple question, as that. Yeah, questions need to be asked. <laughs> let's uh, let's spare a thought for the uh, the moderators of the poor board if that does happen <laughs> for this week. Mm. <laughs> Indeed. Well, who do you see as the uh, the key players for Brisbane? I guess uh, for me. I guess Pierce Hanley is one that we really, really need to look out for. Um, very, very quick. He leads their uh, rebounds from 50s and uh, and is high up in their inside 50s as well. So he, he covers a lot of ground. Uh, Dane Zorko is another very, very quick player that uh, can kick goals. Uh, James Age, he's had a pretty good start to the year. Um, and obviously uh, Tommy Rockliffe and Jack Redden are the the accumulators of the side. Yeah, I'd be clamping yeah. down on Tom Tom Rockliffe myself. I think he's uh, he's their main driver. And uh, he's he's one that we nearly we really need to watch out for, and and as you point out, Pierce Hanley, great run, you know that Irish um, uh, blend in the AFL. He's a fantastic player. I love watching him play. Um, they're probably the two guys that I'd really target. And uh, as I said earlier, probably have to keep an eye on Sam Mays. I I think he's been a fantastic player for Brisbane so far in his career. He has, yeah. Also got to keep an eye out for uh, Matty Lewenberger. I think. Uh, Loeb going to have his work cut out for him, rucking against him. You know, he's going to make sure that uh, our mids get first use of the ball. But that being said, then it's not, I mean, that's going to be the difference between it being a really close game and being uh, something that's going to be, um, well, what everyone hoped last week was going to be, but it never actually happened. So, um, yeah. I think uh, if they can keep... There's not a lot of players in Brisbane's list that you would go, oh, yeah, you've got to stop this guy and this guy and this guy, but this other person might uh, get off the chain. I think there's a a limited amount of players that you've got to target, and if we target them, then you would think or hope that the rest of them all fall into place. Yeah, look, I think... um... Loby really has to stand up with his around-ground play. Um, hopefully he can uh, tap it a little bit more clever as well. But uh, he was pretty ineffectual. Five disposals last week from a Rutman, as far as I'm concerned, not good enough. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully his endurance can, can come to the fore this game and uh, maybe stays out of that little, that, you know, tiring body contact battle with the Rutman around around the contest outside of the bounce-ups and uh, and really runs the, the eruptment a bit ragged and uses his endurance to his advantage. Now, Jared Polek, obviously uh, the big move from Brisbane to Port Adelaide in the off-season. Do you think we're going to see him targeted with a bit of uh, physical pressure? Well, you'd think so. There was a bit of a uh, hate campaign there by the Brisbane players uh, on the internet when he left, so you think he's going to be in for a bit of attention and... I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bit of a uh, an outrageous call here to some, <laughs> and I'm actually I'm gonna actually imply that I think Jared Pollock's gonna start on the bench as the sub this week. Wow. Okay. I, I actually thought he looked a little bit heavy legged um, from the start with our game last week, and that's to be expected. He's still young, and it was a pretty taxing game uh, the showdown with the heat. Uh, so and then following that up with uh, Eddie Had, I, I do think that for those reasons uh, they'll put him on the as a sub and then also let the heat come out of the game 
Um, so therefore, he can't be targeted early and uh, bring him on halfway through the third quarter to use his leg speed to effect. Very valid. I hear all that. Yeah, I'm, I hear it all and I agree with it, but I'm going to go the other way and say that I don't think for his development as a player that he should hide or be hidden away from the heat that's going to come to him. Because if they do that, then I've just got this feeling that they'll think that he's mentally weak, you know, and it'll go around the competition that, oh, yeah, Jared Pollock, he didn't, he didn't want to come against his old side, you know, uh, kind of like Eddie Betts did against Carlton in the preseason for the Crows, you know, that sort of like thing. And he'll be that kind of, and it just gives, it just doesn't sit with me that yeah. whole, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you're going to run. We don't need it. Or well, Jared Polek is good enough that he doesn't need to run away from anybody. You know, I'm all for him start, starting on the bench, but I wouldn't, unless there's a, we're doing it as a, um, a strategic move. I wouldn't be playing him as the sub. I can understand the reasons why you're saying it, Rick, but yeah. I just, yeah, the whole, you know, the the, whole thing doesn't... Any other week, I'd agree. Uh, Pollock as a sub would be a pretty smart move, but yeah, not this week for me. I think he needs to make a statement and come out there from the start. Um, maybe yeah. sub him off, maybe. But, you, know, uh, you look at the players on the bench, though. He's just... Pittard, I didn't think, was a great sub last week. Um, Jared Pollock's probably the only player that fits the build out of those players on the bench that could actually probably perform that sub work roll well, accumulator of the ball, quick leg speed when he's fit and firing, uh, impact player, he ticks all those boxes for a sub player for me if they're on a rotation basis. And, yeah. you know, it'd you be quite you easy. can't really go by the, the name teams. So I reckon uh, Sammy Gray will be the sub, to be honest. Yeah, fair yeah. call. I'm only judging it on what's on the bench, so yeah. don't make me... Um, Lock my chair, Macca. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, I, I'm, I could be wrong. But, I mean, it'd be quite easy for Ken Hankley to just come out and go, look, you know what, boys? We wanted Polak on the bench because that was our team strategy and that's it. And Jared only has to come out and go, hey, I'm keen to play full game, four quarters. I don't care. I've got nothing to hide from Brisbane. And then who cares what, every, what everyone else says in the AFL? You know, I'm sure uh, I'm sure Jared's getting hammered every week by in the midfield anyway. So, uh you know, who really cares? I thought we played a bit of an arrogant game plan last week against North Melbourne, um, you know, where we just sort of went, you know, we think uh, our midfield's better than your midfield and let's just put them head-to-head and uh, and see who wins. And obviously that didn't work too well for us. Um, do you think that that might be what we stack up against Brisbane as well and look at it, look at it on paper and go, well, really, we should be quite dominant here and let's just put them head-to-head and let's have a shootout? I'm not sure it's really arrogant as more it's just sort of backing your own uh, your own players in uh, to win the ball. I thought we probably deserved to do that against North Melbourne uh, because we had uh, probably better key players than they do. The same could be said this week against Brisbane as well. I mean, who are they going to shut down first out of sort of like Boak or, you know, Ebert, Hartlett? You know, that we've got a lot of runners, a lot of very, very good players. Um, I think we'll be the hunted as opposed to the hunter this week, for sure. Absolutely. That was the same with last week. Mm. You know, the hunter, like, sides like, a side like North Melbourne, they, their bread and butter, they thrive on 
that um, chip on the shoulder. You don't rate us, but we're gonna prove you prove you guys wrong. You know, because we we've got a just as good as midfield, and I think Brisbane will probably play be played exactly the same way as what North did. You know, looking at it, and they'll do that um, same hitting in with contested possessions and um, tackles and all that sort of stuff. Because after last week's performance, I'm sure Lepich has read the right act to them and said, "Look, you guys are like 12th in um, opponent tackles per game. You know, all sorts of different things that they're the least in in all the key posi- all the uh, KPIs." Um, so they'll definitely be out there to prove a point. But that being said, we play at anywhere close to being our best game in terms of we focus on those contested position numbers and those clearances and the stuff that we do well, then it shouldn't matter. Yeah. That's the key difference between this week and last week is that North Melbourne do thrive on that sort of contested style of play. Brisbane don't, mm. you know, they absolutely do not. You know, they play a very slow, stagnant style of play. They'll be looking to blocking our run. They'll be looking at uh, shutting it down, you know, trying to keep possession themselves, which, uh, as I said with the stats before, they're, they're minus 37 disposals against their uh, opponents. So they really do struggle in that area. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to shut down all of our players. Um, and if they are going to have to try and do that, then they're going to, sort of rob Peter to pay Paul and and use players that they should be using to win the game themselves. Um, if they can block a, if they can block our run, then they're half a chance. But I just can't see it happening this week. Are you guys are you guys happy um, that Jarman Impey uh, got backed in starting on the ground? Dono uh, a lot of people were a bit critical of him last week. I thought it was a bit unfair and I was ho- hoping that he, he got another game and what about you guys? What do you think? Yeah, I, it hasn't done anything for me that uh, has said, oh, yeah, he's been playing badly or anything like that. I mean, it's his coming on to his fourth game, and obviously he's going to uh, make some mistakes. But as long as there's a matchup for him on the field, and, and whether that means he starts on the bench or whatever and takes a while to work into the game, like he had that chance to, to get us into the game or get us back into the game uh, last week. And for a lack of composure, he didn't do it. But those are the sorts of things where you want your young players to be in those sort of situations because when it actually comes to a critical stage, the only way they're ever going to learn is by experience. You know, So I just think that you just keep playing him the way the way is going now until uh, it's obvious that he's no longer performing. I mean, you don't want to burn him out, but mm. at that particular point, then you send him back to the SNFL, but it's not that stage yet. No. All right. Well, let's go on to our big four, which is the big four questions we ask at the end of each of these preview podcasts. Uh, the first one is time to stand up. Uh, Rick, I might start with you, mate. Whose time is it to stand up? Uh, Loby. I want Lobie to not just get hit outs, as I said earlier, but I want him to stand up around the ground. I want him getting mid-teens or even in the 20 possessions and, and you know, clunk some marks and really have some influence in the in the play around the ground. Um, 
I, I know I keep banging on about our Rutman from the past, but, uh, you know, I just see that. And there's still plenty of Rutman in the league that are doing that and having that influence. And I just think Loby needs to start setting that example and be that extra midfielder for us. He's got the endurance there to run, so let's see it. I've got Jared Pollock for mine. Uh, I just think that since that Carlton game uh, in that last quarter where he just he tore them apart... And that the first quarter of the Crows game, where he racked up all those possessions, he's been showing glimpses of what he can actually do. And I think that against his former side, he'll want to prove to them that not so much that they shouldn't have let him go because it was his choice to, to leave, but he'll want to prove to them of what they are missing out on if they developed him properly. Yeah. And I think that... Uh, he can also push forward and kick some nice goals, which is something that, I mean, he's done it a couple of times. I think he did one, he had one goal against Carlton and I think he hit the post against the Crows or, or no, he, or something like that. But yep. if he pushes forward, he can alleviate some of the goals that uh, Monfries is missing. Yeah, I've got Jared Pollock as well. He's had a great start to the year. I expect that he will be targeted and put under some pretty intense pressure. Um, I'd just love to see him stand up and have a great game against his old club. And more importantly, I'd love to see him actually put his body on the line, cop a huge hit early in the game, get back up and have a ripper match um, after that, just to sort of thumb his nose at Brisbane uh, a little bit extra. That'd be fantastic. Uh, the next one is the Danger Man. Uh, Janus, I'll start with you this time, mate. Who's your uh, Danger Man? I've gone with uh, Pierce Hanley. Not for any particular reason. I mean, I know he's got the... Uh, run out of defence and all the stuff we were discussing earlier, but particularly because he was one of the people who was very critical of the guys leaving from uh, other clubs, to other clubs, sorry, um, like Jared Pollock and Elliot Yeo and all those guys. So because he's made that statement of them wanting to go home and being mama's boys or whatever, I've just got this feeling that if he doesn't back it up and actually play really well, that he's going to look a bit, like a goose. So I've just got this feeling that he'll want to play a good game. Yeah, that's a fair call. I'll go, uh, I'll, I'll take out Lawn, Lawnberger. I think we need to uh, sort of wipe out his influence in the game and it go, it's sort of an extension on uh, Loby having an influence in the game for us. Um, if they're going to have a chance, they're going to need to win the, uh, the clearances and Lawnberger with his taps is going to be a very key influence and driver to that. So if uh, if we can sort of reduce his influence at the contest, I think that's going to be our way to victory. Yep, I've got uh, not just Lewenberger, but I've chosen Danger Men in this case, and that's the two Ruckman in uh, Lewenberger and West. Uh, they're both very good tap Ruckman, as I said before, and they could very easily work Loby over um, if we're not too careful. I would have really loved to have had a fit uh, Jared Redden out there for this one. Yep, I'm missing not just this one. Mm. Not just this one. Anyway. Now, the key to winning. Rick, what is our key to winning this week? Pressure. I want to see more midfield pressure, Macker. I, I thought uh, North Melbourne moved and shuffled the ball out of the centre square and it, out of the clearances too easily. Uh, we didn't have the, the structure around the ball to pressure their ball carriers enough. 
Um, we just sort of relied on us winning the clearance and then using our superior skills, so to speak. And, and when it came off, especially in the, like the, at the beginning of the game, uh, it looks great. But I want to see us really pressuring those ball carriers, really pressuring the clearances and, and creating turnovers a bit harder than last week. I'm looking for, uh, looking for a bit more cleaner skills and harder running to provide spread. I mean, last week, we just, especially in the last quarter, now whether it was something to do with the heat from the game before or whatever, we just didn't provide the spread and the, and the options that are required. And it made it easy for the opposition to target us and target the ball carrier. So if we provide that spread, which is one of the reasons I think O'Shea was included, was to provide that because he's a, definitely a hard runner. That's going to go a definite long way to uh, winning the game comfortably. Yep. Fair enough. I've got uh, the key to winning is our midfield. We've just got to get first hands on the ball in the midfield. I think our forward line is better than theirs. I think our defence is better than theirs. It's all going to come down to the midfield battle in this. That's where Brisbane might win the game. Um, statistics show that uh, that we should be on top in the midfield. If we win the clearances, win the contested possession... Um, if we get our runners going and pump it forward, um, we should pretty comfortably win this game, I would think. So, yeah, we've got to win the midfield. Absolutely. And uh, finally, the prediction. Janus, who's going to win? Port Adelaide by 63 points. Nice. I'm going to go Port by 57, and uh, I'm going to say that I want Tom Jonas to stand up after last week's performance. Fair enough. I'm going to say uh, my prediction, we're going to be too strong in that midfield battle, too strong up forward. Our defence will play very well on their forwards and we will rise to the occasion with our 10-year anniversary for the 2004 Premiership and win by 51 points. we got the power to win, power to roll. So, um, Richmond-Collingwood on Friday night, Macca and Janus, who do you think? Collingwood. Collingwood. Really? <laughs> that was, yeah. um, I don't know, I don't even know. It's a very good game. A, That'll be a it, fantastic game, but I think Collingwood just. Yeah, well, they lost to Geelong, though, didn't they? Oh, I know we've got to keep this segment pretty quick. I'm going to go roughly, I'm going to take Richmond. All right. Nice so, and then we've got Carlton and Melbourne. Oh, it's got to be Carlton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're pretty bad. Melbourne are in a world of hurt. Yeah, aren't they? And so we all went Port, mm. which was a pretty lay down. What about this? Is another tough game, I reckon. Bulldogs, GWS. Toss a coin with that one. I'm going to say GWS. I'll go Bulldogs. Really? What? Why would you pick the Bulldogs, um, Janus? I'm curious on that one. Don't know. Just a feeling. <laughs> Just a feeling I've got. Yeah, well, sometimes there's things you can't explain. The dogs GWS, have been pretty good. They've been they've had a pretty good start to the year. The dogs. GWS will be three and one if they win this, though, won't they? Mm, good start. That's a very good start, and Gold Coast are cruising along well. Um, Geelong West Coast at Skilled Stadium. Can't go past Geelong at Skilled. Yeah, only because it's there. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Geelong as well. Um, and West Sydney Coast North- have a lot of 
experience out of the side. They've lost uh, Lacroix, Glass, Masson and Shuey. That's from huge. last week? From last week, yeah. So they got some injuries then? They do. Yeah, I haven't seen all the teams yet. Mm. What about Gold Coast Hawthorne? At Metropolitan Stadium. Yeah, I think it'll be closer than expected, but Hawthorne to get over the line. Mm. How yeah. how good are the Hawks travelling? Good. They're, they're short price favourites, I imagine. Yes. Clarkson's done well, hasn't he? He's built, you know, they've been banging on about it, about building a squad instead of a team. And I, I remember posting on the forum, I reckon, about three, four years ago, that the way, the way of modern football is going to be is having a squad instead of a team. And uh, Hawthorne have, have started to set the prototype there. So hmm. it'll be interesting for all of us to catch up. And, and this is where our challenge is with the injuries for Port Adelaide now. We've, we've got a team, but I don't think we've necessarily got the depth for a, a strong squad just yet. Yep. Sydney, mm-hmm. North Melbourne? Yeah, Swans. Yeah, you reckon yeah, they're going to start? Yep. They're going to start motoring along now? Yep. Yeah, and the big ones, St Kilda, Adelaide. <sighs> Who really cares, <laughs> to be honest? <laughs> That's a shocker. Uh, I'm going to say the Crows. St Kilda. Well, I'm going the Saints too. Oregon, the Crows are on the nose. And uh, Frio and Essendon in Perth. Uh, Essendon. Essendon? Yep. Have Frio got injuries? Mm, they've they've lost some key players this week uh, with Ibbotson, Walters and Main out. So, yeah, probably. Yeah. Essendon have a good record in Perth as well. So. Yeah, that's true. And it's, and it's early in the season. Yep. Yes. So what do you reckon, Janus? Yeah, probably Essendon. Yeah, I'm going to go Essendon as well because um, I'm only I'm only two up on Macca, so I've got to sort of trump him a little bit there and keep my lead. And I thought very quickly, um, don't want to keep it going too long, uh, there was a post just put on the board tonight uh, about Robbie Gray on AFL.com uh, wanting to commit to the club past 2000 and. And 15, and I, I think it's great to have players uh, committing like that, you know, so early out with um, a lot of their contracts still to go. And I know Port's done a, a great and loyal job by Robbie after he's done his knee, and it, it's good to see Robbie um, coming out with those sort of statements, uh, reciprocating the faith that Port's had in him. Never in doubt. Fantastic player. Yes. Now, Port played Glenelg at uh, Albert and Oval on Sunday. Um we actually won the last four games. Oh, sorry, four of the last five against Glenelg. So even though the Maggies haven't been all that great the last few years, you can always count on us beating beating the Bays. Um, our win-loss <laughs> record is 174 wins, uh, 67 losses. So they definitely are our bitch. Um, and, of course, the last time we played was uh, the last round of 2013. The last game is the Port Magpies as a standalone club, and we won by 16 points. And if you look at the ins, uh, there's a few interesting ins. Benny Newton's back, which is good. Obviously, Johnny Butcher um, will be playing as well. And good to see Andrew Moore in the side. Yes. Absolutely. Can't wait it's to get a, back. It's uh, looking like a uh, reasonably strong side. When you when you go through each line, um, you know, there's a, there's a reasonable amount of AFL squad influence there. 
Um, you know, and, and I noticed uh, Brendan Archie is actually playing on the wing, so I'll be really looking forward to seeing if he can get more ball this week, especially if he keeps that um, position for the bulk of the game, because uh, he does seem to get stranded a little bit up forward. And uh, and Sammy uh, Calhoun is uh, in the forward pocket. Surely he wouldn't be staying there for the whole game. No, I wouldn't think so. No. No. But it's definitely a big kick uh, to our midfield with Andrew Moore, Ben Newton, uh, Robbie Young. He's a very quick young player as well. Um, so it's good to see that. Johnny Butcher and uh, Mitch Harvey. It'll be interesting to see how they work together up forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, really, Butcher, Moore, uh, Newton, Archie, Tom Logan, Tom Clory, uh, Hitchcock, you'd re- and Calhoun, you'd, and Paul Stewart. You'd really be hoping that those boys are racking up a lot of disposals and having key influence in this sort of game, surely. Absolutely. And it would be great to beat uh, Nick Stevens in one of his first games as an SANFL coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, isn't he a special commentator for the Poor Power Games on uh, on radio? Nick Stevens? Yeah, I think 5AA yep. have got him on as special comments, which I, I found well, an interesting it all, choice. Mm. <laughs> it's definitely special comments. Mm. Hey, did you notice as well for the uh, academy team that Nathan Crackers and in? I did. Yes, obviously he was uh, he was signed as one of those fifteen uh, SANFL players. Uh, so good to see him back. Um, hopefully he has a pretty big game down there. Now, as we know, this is the 2004 anniversary match against Brisbane this week. Um, I've got some great memories of 2004 and going to that grand final. What were your memories, Rick? Mate, I um, I got a ticket to go and I, f- I was going to fly over for the day and then my parents decided that Saturday to have their 50th wedding anniversary that night and uh, my lovely wife said to me, you can't go, it's your parents' 50th wedding anniversary and I'm like, Pig's ass, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so she was putting the heat on me, going, you can't, you can't. And I said, no, I'm going, I'm sorry. And I said to her, look, my family functions are very underwhelming and I can tell you right now, they won't even notice if I'm not there. And so in the end, went to the game, loved it. That third quarter was just inspirational. Um, Byron Pickett, Gavin Wanganine, just highlights to me. Uh, Josh Carr over um, uh, Jason Akamanis was fantastic. And I, I still did the right thing by my family. And I left five minutes before the end of the game, which I found devastating. Got to the airport, got on my plane, and there was people on the plane that were telling me how great it was watching the boys do the lap of the oval. And you, I was bloody dirty. And then <laughs> went, to the, went to the anniversary party, and it was boring as batshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but fantastic. it was a, it was it was a great memory, and it will be one that will last with me forever. Um, you know, because obviously in AFL world they don't come around too often. Um, you know, so and it was just great to be part of the history from extending from our SANFL journey. Absolutely, I I went over for the game as well. We went over the night before. Um, got to the ground just as the gates opened. Watched the under 18s grand final. Uh, did a couple of laps around the outside of the oval just to, to soak in the atmosphere. Um, we were seating uh, on the second tier, just behind the goals, just above the Port Cheer squad. 
it was a great spot to be. Um, could see everything. Fantastic. Great atmosphere. Um, definitely one of the best football days um, you could possibly think of. What about you, Janus? Well, I'm jealous of both of you because I didn't end up going. I had to watch it on TV back here. Oh. But uh, And what makes it worse is I went to 2007. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you chose oh, the wrong one. <laughs> it's not because I chose. I couldn't go. I, like, I wanted to go. But anyway, um, I just remember going around to friend's house and they had set up like a um, kind of like a stadium sitting with these couches and on this table and a couch below and stuff. And we were watching the game. And as I was watching it, I knew we were going to win, but it wasn't like a case of, oh, yeah, it was fantastic. I don't, couldn't explain to you what the feeling was like when the siren sounded. It was like almost like a zen-like trance, I would describe it. <laughs> um, it was like, you know, maybe relief, but relief is not the right word. Just like closure. Closure is the word I would be using because we went through all that pain, 2001, 2002, 2003, and we'd finally broken through, and it's just like, yeah, we finally did it. Do you have a favourite player from the day? Josh Carr. Only because uh, he got in Brown's face and Ackermanis's face, yeah. and I like that. I like that sort of niggle, <laughs> you know. For me, it's about prob- you, no, probably Josh Marnie, I'd say. I thought he had a very, very underrated grand final. Um, and you look at all the little things that he did throughout that third quarter, he had pretty much a play in every single goal we kicked in that quarter. It really got us going. Yeah. I um, I got a bit of a off-centre one. I, I, I thought Toby Thurston stood up on that day. I mean, we've got the regular crew, but, you know, he was always a maligned player for us. And, um, you know, I think he kicked three goals that day, didn't he? Sure did. And uh, yeah, it was he, he was a key contributor to the to the game, and uh, yeah, I thought uh, yeah, I thought it, it was good for him uh, after a lot of the uh, the the comments that he used to get from our supporters. It was good to see him get a get a, a medallion around his neck. Absolutely. Well, let's hope we can celebrate that win again uh, on Saturday. All right, Janus, thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks for uh, coming back on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Anytime, yeah, thanks, mate. Anytime. Rick, as always, buddy. Pleasure. Gallopair. Go, pal. Gallopair. Look at that. There it is. It's all over. Port Adelaide. They had the power to win. And it was very much history in the making today.